Welcome to season three of the Student Leadership Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us again. We wanted you to know that the first six episodes of this season were recorded live in our studio at Lead the Generation Conference 2022. We had incredible guests that joined us for the conference, and so we decided to bring him right on to the Student Leadership Podcast. And if you missed the conference, go to our website, leadthegeneration.com, to get access to over 48 hours worth of incredible content. Overtime in overtime because we're recording north of midnight. So if you're just listening to this now, just know we are three tired boys, but I'm not so tired. Why? No, no, no. Wow, come on. Don't do that to it, man. Come on. Because Joey Silva brought the gas. Fantastic. Yeah, faithful. I had always heard faithful, available, teachable. You know how like they always have little... But accountable's got so much more weight to it. Totally agree. Love but before that. we before we get into all that, uh, I'm joined by the usual suspects, yeah. the one and only Caleb Holt, as well as Colin Robinson. What's up? Dude, just the three of us. It feels like yeah, no the, adult supervision. When the dad's yeah. away, the children. <laughs> Mom will and play. dad aren't here anymore. Although, although Joey straight up said, "I hired an old man, 29 <laughs> years old," and I was like, "Yo, this. yo, yeah. <laughs> I'm 31, so oh. I mean, I know that's not young, but just to hear like he's old." I I was like, yikes. Yeah. Um, but that should entice you. If you haven't listened to the episode we recorded with Joey Silva for us, it was three minutes ago. But for you, it's one episode back on whatever platform you're listening on. Just make sure you check that out. Okay, let's do um, – there's a million questions I could ask. Oh, yeah. Quick takeaways from faithful, accountable, teachable from Joey Silva. Yeah, so the first thing that, that came to my mind was that um, it's not all about the gift. And that's not yes. the most important thing. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm i blanking on the reference right now, but, you know, uh, God doesn't look at outward appearance. He looks at the inward. It looks at the heart. Yeah. Or heart, I right? think you quoted it perfectly. There you go. But I don't, I don't remember what chapter and verse uh, in the book. We'll Google da- it right I now. Think that, is, that, is that a psalm? I think it's David. This is why we need Aaron, too. It's Aaron's late like, at night, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's late. I'll, I'll Just give us some grace right now. I'll yeah, but um, when we look at our culture, right, we're always seeing the most talented people. We're always seeing the most good looking people. We're always seeing sure. the videos that are getting the most traction because they're the funniest or the most interesting. Um, and everything is, is catered to look at this awesome, cool thing. Mm. Right. And I, I think sometimes we fall into a trap in ministry and maybe in our leadership where we just think it's all about the gift. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh, I want to be a youth pastor one day. What do I need to work on? Yeah. My preaching. Oh, right? yeah, you're right. That's, okay. that's always what I think of. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a worship leader right now. I could be a youth pastor. But the thing that comes to my mind first is like, oh, well, I need to preach a lot more before I can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the uh, Okay, the skill part of it. Yeah, Listen, I'm, sure. I'm not trying to put him on blast. I actually mean this as a compliment, but I don't know if I'll say it perfectly. Oh, gosh. But like Gilbert, who, you know, used to be on the podcast with us. We Rest love him. Peace, yeah. Hopefully yes. he comes back. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure we even Yo, have him Hit him up in the chat, please. Yes, but Gilbert Ackerman was... Dude, I mean, he was, he would say this. He was not known for being the sharpest tool in the shed. He wasn't the guy that everyone picked, like, oh, he should preach. Sure. He should lead worship. He should this. But I will tell you, he was the fattest kid in the youth group. No, I mean, he was there. <laughs> 
all the time. Yeah, Literally, no, Gilbert was all... He had a he reputation had, for it, yeah. Yeah, he was like the chair-stacking kid, but not in the cringy way. Like Not, not in the to pick up girls. Like, not that to was pick like, up chicks. His, he served the Lord that yes, way. Yes, yeah. he did. He literally was doing that. Like, he was all... I actually looked up to him in that sense. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, Gil's like actually like a real Christian. I'm just like <laughs> the outward part of the Christianity. Oh but like Gilbert literally worked himself into being a full-time youth pastor by just being faithful accountable and teachable. So yeah, Gilbert's a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us at some point, whenever we looked at a leader or even anything in ministry, and even if you're like looking at your pastor right now, you've probably got some idea of what it is or what he's doing. But if you actually stepped one day in his shoes, you'd be like, this is nothing like what I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. There's a pastor that we all know, and I'm not going to say his name because this isn't nice, but this individual, it's not you, this individual, I figure it was me. this individual interned at this church and was very critical in a teasing way of the youth pastor. Like, what do you guys even do? Oh I'm the intern gosh. and I'm doing all the work here. And I was oh. like, you nub, you have no idea. Uh. And then he took the job and was like, ah! and, and realized, I think yeah. there is a lot more that you don't see. So okay, I, I did you have that moment too? Because yes. I think for myself, whenever I first even felt like called into ministry, I had this idea of what it was going to be like. Yeah, of course. And then once I got closer and closer to it, it's like the dreams crumbled. And now instead, no, I mean like, but it was my own dream that I put there and yeah. now God's able to put his vision there. Okay. But th- it's not this selfish thing anymore of like, I need to be on a platform because that was how I looked at it first of ministry is I'm in front or leadership in general is I'm telling other people what to do, not I'm caring about other people. I think about probably even people that are on sports teams that are like, if I'm not the captain, what's the point? It's yeah. like, well, that's not leadership, dude. What were you going right. to say? Yeah. What I, what I was going to say, Colin kind of tagged it a little bit there, but like when when we're first, at least for me, when we're first growing up, it's like all you see is the platform because you you just come to church for an yeah. hour or two oh, yeah. hours a week. That's, that's, you, that's what that's church all you is. See. You yeah. go, you sit down in the chairs with a yeah. couple hundred other people yeah. if you go to a large church. You watch the guy or girl on stage and you're like, oh, hey, I want to be in ministry. Yeah. yeah. That's ministry. That's actually facts. I sit here and I talk yeah. to them or they talk to me. You don't see the phone calls of them like calling people and being like, can you please serve on my team? And then being yeah. like, no, I don't care about ministry. But the platform stuff is maybe 5% legit if of what you do on a weekly basis as a pastor, as someone in ministry. And yeah, the concept, like that can be kind of deflating almost. Right? Like your whole perspective has to change. Okay, so it's so like, for, oh, I didn't realize this is what it was, but hopefully yeah. in the process you start to value those things. So for the student leader then, that's probably also true. Like the mm-hmm. people listening to this right now, the, what you think maybe, I don't know how your youth group does things. Maybe it's like, I want to share the Devo or lead the prayer or whatever. Yeah. We're telling you right now that's the 5%. Mm. The faithfulness is the 95% of yeah. you showing up sure. and being there when your youth pass, you know, signing up early, not making him make exceptions for you, you know, <laughs> being at the events, yeah. even if you're like, ah, having a good attitude, that's the right. faithfulness piece. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think we can agree that faithfulness isn't really the most attractive thing. So, so what's a time that you felt like you were being called to be faithful in something that you knew no one would really ever get to see. Oh, can we just one or can we pick? I mean, you can, you okay. can no, them all yeah, off. No, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a running list. No, I, I have like a big one because for a while 
I was working part-time as like a kid's pastor and what we would do every single Sunday. And I, after a while, was just like, there's no reason to do this was we had all of our stuff. It was mobile setup. And if you're not familiar with a mobile setup church, basically you get there rooms empty. Yep. You have to supply everything there. Yep. And I was every single Sunday, I was like, okay, I really don't feel like I want to add much. Like it's kids ministry. Why don't I grab like some name tags and a few basketballs? Do I, need it? Do I need anything else in the room? Like, is there <laughs> anything else that I really need? And instead for like almost three years, what I would do is I would get there every single morning. I would push stuff uphill both ways. Not a, not, a, not but, this. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, in the <laughs> no, snow, in the, in the snow, rain, no, it in was, the hundred degree oh, heat. Yeah, all of it. No, but I would get there and I would set it up. And I mean, like, I like, this is a safe place. I can say this. I sweat really easily. So like, I would have to bring a change of clothes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something actually like terrible. For this me, that's like your style normal. But it's no, still for me. No, because I get there. And... I get there in the mornings, and I legit, like, legitimately would have to bring an extra pair of clothes. The whole reason for this, I'm not even trying to gas myself up. The whole reason was genuinely because I know I needed to create a good place mm. for kids to come to. At the end of the day, like we wouldn't even have that many kids. Like we would average maybe 15 kids, and I was like, is it really worth all this work? And I think that's the question that we get, like, that we ask with faithfulness a lot of the time is like, is it really worth all of this work? Because mm-hmm. I can kind of meet the requirement by not actually, like, mm-hmm. putting in as much work. Yes. Yeah. But it's worth it because I'm not doing this for anybody else. Yeah. Nobody else is going to be able to see my heart and see how much I actually had to put into this. And really, if I'm only doing this to serve God why am I trying to like ask those types of questions? Yeah, that's because he didn't ask that about like me whenever he was here. Yeah, like are, are they really worth it? Yeah, that was never a question he yeah. asked. Oh, that's that's well, bars. That's I think I think probably for me, it was um when I was a high school teacher. I I just remember there was a lot of mundane things. I loved the teaching in front of people, but there's a lot of behind the scenes a lot stuff. Of admin, yeah, um, and. Similarly, there are times that it's just easy to take shortcuts. That's our natural inclination. Um, I would just say I'm so glad I was faithful for those six years because I actually think it did produce a lot of fruit. I think I gained a bit of a reputation for being someone that did follow through with what I committed to and and worked really hard. I genuinely did. And um, Colin, I think it's kind of cool because your story is similar to mine in the sense of like, we're doing this for Jesus, not for the approval of man. Yeah. And so what's cool is when we sow good seed, we reap a harvest. And so actually some of those kids now that were not connected to our church are involved in our youth group. Some of those kids that attended there and and I'm seeing what God's doing in their life and me being a liaison to our church was part of it. It wasn't the whole thing. There's a lot of other people involved, but I, I love that part of it is my faithfulness. And that was, that was a time that I did good. There's a lot of times I did bad there, but uh, Caleb, any thoughts? Yeah. What I, what I'm thinking of right now is um, what I, what I do mostly on a platform is lead worship. Right. And so I'm just thinking of times where like I I go up on a stage and there's 10 people there. Right. Mm -hmm. But I still have to give them full energy, right? I have to give God my full energy and my full passion, right? Because it's not about me. It's not about me looking good or getting a large applause. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I know my dad's not on the podcast right now, but I think that's something that he really helped teach me when yeah, I was sure. growing up in middle school and high school um, was that 
God deserves your best every single time. Mm. Not just your church, not just the leaders around you, not just the people who are in the auditorium or wherever. Like we do everything we can to the best of our ability for God's glory. That's what we're called to do as believers. And we never know when there's someone who's hearing what you're saying, yeah. there's someone who's yep. watching you set up the kid's own mm-hmm. room, who's watching you teach, who's watching you do prep work, mm-hmm. right? You never know who is going to be uh, given something by the Holy Spirit in that moment. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that, now I'm getting pumped because one thing that actually does frustrate me, okay? And so I okay. I am not a youth pastor, but for students listening, I have mentored a lot of youth students. And this question of, do I need to be there? Now, let me, let me just clarify Ooh. because Joey did tell a story it. where he said, hey, do I need to be there? But that made sense because that was an exception, not the rule, sure. right? So he had Chicago Bears tickets. It was a really cool story. You should listen to it if you haven't. But, yeah. but that was a once in a, you know, once in a year kind of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people ask me that, hey, uh, do I have to be there? They're basically saying, is anything important going to happen? Yeah. Is this going to be significant? Or is this like yeah. one of those ones that I just get thought on? And it's like, well, I'm not planning on, you know, us all screaming in tongues and there being revival, <laughs> but like yeah. it is in the mundane that sometimes things yeah. break out. So yes, it's important. And yeah. as a leader, I'm going to say this. Sometimes when students ask that, I start to feel pressure. It's like, it better be worth my time, mm. but I'm not doing it for you, dude. Right, right. If you're a leader, you're coming to help the mission of God, not me entertain you and make it worth it. And I, I will say that mm. question, oh, do I need to show up? Maybe, maybe even if you're on a sports team and there's voluntary practices. Ah, Hey coach, is this something that I actually like, is this worth my time? If you have to ask it, probably not, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes we get the hierarchy. It's so late. (laughs) I feel like I'm good. good, good. Um, Sometimes we get the hierarchy messed up where we're like, like in Joey's example, like the volunteer will come to the leader and say like, Hey, I always do this thing for you. Can you give me the week off? Ooh. You're not doing it for the leader. You're not doing it for your pastor right. or your church. You're doing it for God. Yeah. yeah. That is facts. That is so facts. Any thoughts there? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, accountable. Yes, please. Okay. So you have something to say about accountable? I just know. I love this subject because I don't think this is like common or popular. Account- I'm thinking about like what makes someone, okay, so faithful. I think we hammer that pretty hard. Yeah. What makes someone accountable what is built into a person where they self-impose accountability as opposed to us being like you need to be accountable you need to be accountable okay i'll be accountable because i i think the the a and accountable accountable in in a faithful available accountable teachable yeah disciple is not us doing it to them it's when they start to do it for themselves what do you think is part of that concoction Mm. that needs to be present okay so Oh, I just love this so much. All right. No, no, I love this. And this is built off of, off of being faithful because you cannot actually be accountable by doing that thing where I've seen so many students do it. Okay. It's always at youth camp or always the big event where then they're like, Hey, I need to just open up to you about something. Okay. Yeah. And then they're like, I struggle with this or like, I've been in this relationship and I need to get out of it. And it's once a year that you're being accountable. It's once a year that you're opening up because the big thing that it requires is the faithfulness to be transparent. It's the faithfulness of saying, 
I'm going to be completely honest of exactly where I'm at. Like I have like some accountability partners. Some of those conversations at the beginning of those relationships are not always these fun things. Like accountability is not saying I'm going to remain perfect in a friendship with somebody else forever. Mm. It's not saying that whenever you and I are going to get together, we're going to say everything went great. It's whenever you and I get together, we're going to be completely transparent about what's going on. I'm not going to give you like the crap of like, no, no, no. It was a good week. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Yeah. It's like, so, so you know what I hear you saying? Yeah. Another ingredient there mm-hmm. is trust. You have to, you, it, yeah, but you don't know it first. And that's what do you th- mean. I'm saying, cause there's times whenever you're going to have to open up to somebody and you yeah. don't know if you can trust them. Mm. And I'm saying this of like, there's youth pastors mm. right now that you have that you don't know how much you can trust them. There's leaders and there's friends that you don't know how much you can trust them that's, until that's you sad. open up. It's hard, yeah. It's hard, but it's worth it because the opposite of that, of accountability, isolation. The opposite is you going through life by yourself. If you don't actually have other people there with you, you're basically signing up saying, I don't need anybody else. I'll be fine. And then if things get so bad that I need a life pervert, like preserver that somebody can finally help me, then I'll maybe like toss my hand up and say, hey, yeah, maybe I need some help. I guess I guess I would ask every student listening, when you heard the word accountable, mm. did you feel like it was punishment or freedom? Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, I doubt students were like, freedom! You know, that was probably a little <laughs> dramatic. Yeah, I love but it's that like, word. But it's, how do you see it? Because yeah. How I saw it at 16 and how I see it now is completely different sure. because I, I actually think my life was transformed by people holding me accountable and not yeah. just with purity, although if the boot fits, yes, that was extremely helpful in me yeah. getting my purity aligned with what the Bible says, but but also just even being accountable to someone in terms of excellence, having people yeah. say, hey, you can speak into this. You're allowed to that permission that I am not an island unto myself. I work for other people. This is your youth ministry. I'm just volunteering. That accountability piece extends far beyond that. I think. Sure. Yeah. I think sometimes um, when we think of accountability, I think we think it's, I've done something wrong. And now I need to go to somebody and have this oh, conversation. That is how we. How it's like phrased right? of like I'm going to hold you accountable. But for I this. think the most healthy way to be accountable is to be proactive in it. Yeah. Right. Um. And this kind of goes into kind of the T in fat leaders, which is teachable, and it's having it's setting aside all of your pride, and even if something hasn't come up, something hasn't happened, you haven't had a slight moral failure or you haven't messed up in your servant leadership role or you Mm -hmm. hang out with the wrong crowd, whatever, still going in advance and saying like, hey, what are some areas do you think the enemy might try and attack me in? What are some areas in my life where I might be a little bit vulnerable right now that I don't see? Okay. Okay. Can we talk about teachable for a second? You, You actually transitioned us perfectly. Awesome. Okay. I struggle the most with people that aren't teachable. It actually drives me insane because, <laughs> sorry, what the, are you laughing? The anger, it drives me insane. It no, does. it's so annoying. I this is not, the one I am I am not trying to ruin your life. Right. I'm literally actually trying to help you. Like, yeah. I like you. I like a lot of people and you're one of the people I like, but you get sassy. So I have tried a lot of strategies when it comes to 
getting through to the unteachable. And probably the annoying part is you can't teach the unteachable like to be more teachable. That's the problem with them. <laughs> they're like, you know, like if they're teachable, but they're not faithful, there's at least yeah. hope. It's like, hey, listen, I know you're listening to me. You're just a klutz and you never show up on time. I'm going to lie to you for the next month and say it starts 30 minutes before and then you're going to show up and I'm going to teach you to be We're just going to put in the chat that we need to do this once a month because you at this time of night's way too much <laughs> okay. fun. Sorry. <laughs> Keep so going, let me ask, how have you, all of us are boneheads, all three of us have been boneheads before, how in an area that is sensitive to you, coach me, have you been receptive and learned to be more teachable if someone approaches you X, Y, or Z? Because I sometimes do this thing where if they're not teachable, I just roast them. And I'm like, oh yeah, bro. And I'm just like, sure. I'm going to rub your face in it, you dirtbag. And it doesn't work. Okay. How have you either coach people that are, are, are not very teachable or you yourself in an area that you were being stubborn actually had someone kind of soften your heart where you could become teachable. Okay. So have you ever seen those videos where they're trying to teach a nine month old how to swim? Literally? No. <laughs> where have you seen this? I get okay, anyway. Um, everywhere. Basically, Jordan, do they just, Jordan, you don't see this every in? time Literally, you open up they, Instagram. They throw them in. A nine month old? Yeah, yeah. man. Police no, my friend people? was my friend was just telling me about it. No, it's it's totally fine. But literally, this is what I've done with people: is I'll take them in a safe way in a situation where I know, like, by doing this, this isn't going to hurt anybody else. It's just a situation, basically, for them that's safe enough. I'll toss them in the deep end. I'll be like, "Oh, okay, you want to lead with like an unteachable person? With an unteachable like, person, okay. I will a hundred percent. I'm going to put you in a situation where I know you are not prepared." And not because I want to see you fail, but here's the thing. I do want to see you have that moment where you go, oh, crap. I don't know okay. everything that I thought that I knew. I didn't see where you were going, but now I do. Because it basically is like, oh, if you're so sure you're good at this, then go ahead and do it. And it's like they're going to come back with their tail between their legs like 100%. All right. <laughs> and, it's, and it works. The problem is the teachability there is it's not like it's just like a skill of something. Like for some people immediately – glass shatters and they're like, oh my gosh, like I really need to get this together. Mm. There's a lot of other people that that teachability is not just that you're unteachable. It's that you are so prideful and you don't just need teachability. You need humbled. And the scary part about this, and this is something that you read about all throughout the Bible. God doesn't work with proud people. Nope. And the hard part about this, and I think like the easy part is, if there are proud people that we're trying to lead, the reality is God's going to put them in positions and put them in places where he's able to humble them. And it's going to hit a lot harder. And it's going to be a lot deeper. So the simple answer is like from the spot, if you're like, how do I lead people? Well, the easy answer is like, you can't and yeah. you don't. And you let God take care of Come that. On. Mm-hmm. Did you have thoughts? Yeah. For me, I think it just comes down to, uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit and uh, that can be like a lot of that applies to almost this entire conversation um, but for me it's if I walk off of a platform or I'm done doing regular job stuff in ministry and someone says to me like hey the way that you said this on stage or actually even the way that you said this in this meeting made this person feel this. I know you weren't trying to be critical. You were just trying to be helpful. So they give you the benefit of the doubt. your tone and the words you used. And still sometimes I'm like, if that stings. Hmm. And I'm like, 
Do you respond a little defensively in the moment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's always my my go-to. And then it takes me like a couple deep breaths <laughs> and maybe 30 seconds of the person talking to me to be like, okay, all right, I can understand. I can see how yeah. that came across this way and how this was interpreted as being critical, right? So for me, it's like I really have to kind of soften my heart mm. and be like, all right, I don't know it all. Like, I know God has given me um, like some great influence for my age. He's given me great opportunities, right? Because of some of my gifting, because I've had some of these character traits already. Yeah. But there's always another level that I yeah. can go up to. There's always uh, ways that I can grow in those things to be a more godly and Christ-like leader. Hmm. That's good for me to hear too, because I think sometimes when I see people responding defensively, I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I thought. But it's like things can still be working under the surface. I'll say yeah. for me, um, it takes people to talk to me in where they have a tone that is friendly. Mm. I know they're not trying to rub it in my face. It feels like they're trying to do it for the for for my benefit. Yeah. But I do want to say um, to any student listening. Some of you might actually be realizing that you have been blaming your youth pastor if he would have just done this, if she would have been like this, if only this, yeah. this, this. And maybe you are even right, but maybe this should be exposing some level of you're not necessarily the most easy person to work with also. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of very high-end diva-esque, I need all these things to be this way and that way. Yeah. And that shows me a little bit of unteachability. I think for, for students out there, if you're constantly thinking like, I can't believe my youth pastor did this. I, would I can't believe he way. said this thing. Yeah. I can't believe he would say this to me. He, he called out this thing and my friend, mm. right? He did this. I think you have a, a spirit of maybe some pridefulness, yeah. some arrogance and some stubbornness that you just got to get alone with the Holy Spirit Come on now. And, and let him work that out of you. Dude, that's absolute gas. What were you going to say, Colin? You were squirming. We have it on video. You were like, ooh. You were ready. Yeah. You, oh have, you have anything to add? No. I mean, it's it's hard not to just think through a lot of these, like, specific people. And knowing that, like, I've been in that spot myself. Yes. More than anything, it's just, like, knowing, like, this desire we have for people to be not just teachable but faithful and accountable as well, like, this isn't just our desire. This is God's desire. Yeah. yeah. Like this is the Holy Spirit's desire. And all that we're doing is we're partnering right along with that. Come on. Yeah. And I, and I think if you look at Jesus and his 12 disciples, we know that he only picked 12 mm -hmm. and we can kind of clearly see why. They were not the most talented. Right. None of them had studied, you know, the Torah. They didn't have it memorized. They didn't have the raw elements that others might think would yeah. make them good disciples or church planters one day. But God, as Caleb said, looks at the heart. And I think all of them were probably very fat. Peter had to get a little <laughs> bit, uh, the, the T yeah. was getting worked yeah. on, but he got there. He right. got there uh, and he kept showing up and he was definitely faithful and accountable. Yeah. Listen, hey, students, um, man, we could keep going forever. We believe that, that you are going to be discipled best when you are faithful, accountable, and yeah. teachable. So this is not meant to sound like 
be better or do better, but, but line yourself up as best as you can with those values. And honestly, last thing I'll end with is maybe this looks like you having a conversation with your youth pastor or youth leader. If you feel like there's an area of your life where you're like, man, this is a good point. I have not really been accountable. I have not really been faithful. I think that's a conversation that won't be a bad one. They'd love to hear that because they care so much for you. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Overtime Podcast. We're kicking it back to our online hosts. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.